a touchdown at the end. He is hot. He said, what are you doing? And he's going at Dennis Allen. This is BetQL <laughs> Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And if we are leading things off uh, with some Arthur Smith slander of sorts, then you know what that means. Our next guest is none other than Ian McMillan, senior editor at BetSided, and of course, a noted Falcons apologist. Ian, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Let's marry the two things here with your fanaticism for the Falcons and the breaking news happening this morning that Bill Belichick is moving on from the New England Patriots. Do you want Bill Belichick to be your next head coach? Do you think that will happen? And would you be willing to bet on that possibility? Yeah, first of all, you guys just absolutely kill me with these intros every time I come on. Just, uh, I'd love for an intro to be like, uh, you know, Bijan Robinson scores a 71-yard touchdown. But no, I, <laughs> the intro I get is the Saints scoring well, on the score last one, play of the season. Um, I don't know how I feel about Bill Belichick if he comes to Atlanta, and I don't know if I'm going to bet on it. To be honest, and the reason why I don't know how I feel about it, because I don't really want to think about it, because I would have so many complicated feelings if the Falcons signed Bill Belichick that I would need to go to a therapist to figure it out. Because on one hand, he's probably the greatest coach of all time. On the other hand, his teams haven't been good the past few years. On the other hand, maybe that was because he was a GM too, where with the Falcons, it wouldn't be, be the GM. On the other hand, he was the coach that led the greatest Super Bowl comeback in history against us. On the other hand, oh, he's wow. still a defensive genius. On the other hand, he's haunted me for the past 20 years. So I have no idea <laughs> if I'm going to either like or hate the Falcons signing Bill Belichick. So instead of even going down that road, which, like I said, I probably need to go to therapy to figure out, I'm just going to not think about it unless it happens. And if it happens, then I'll deal with those emotions then. All right. Uh, well, let, let's think about this weekend. It came up yesterday. I don't think you wrote a uh, a fraud rankings, but you probably could uh, with Wild Card Weekend because I, I I see a lot of teams playing this weekend that you've said are outright fraud. So I'm wondering your approach to the weekend overall. Are you going against some of those teams that you have called frauds, like the Steelers and the Cowboys, uh, to name a couple of throughout the season? Yeah, I kind of stopped the fraud rankings because the teams that I've called frauds for the most part have either proven themselves not to be frauds, like the Cowboys, who early in the season I called frauds. I don't think they're frauds. Uh, and then the other teams are frauds, and everyone knows it. But then once everyone knows you're a fraud, then you're not really by definition a fraud. Like the Eagles. I actually think in some senses people have kind of overcorrected on the Eagles. I actually don't think they're as bad as now everyone thinks they are. Uh, and then the Jaguars, who are now not relevant anymore anyways because they're out of the playoffs. So... Uh, no, I, I didn't have a fraud rankings this week and I'm not, I mean, I'm going to bet against the Steelers, but once again, are you a fraud if everyone knows that you're the worst team in the playoffs? Probably not. Like the Falcons. Uh, right. That was your argument. Right. Keeping like Atlanta the Falcons. Out. Yes. The, Fal the Falcons weren't frauds because nobody actually thought they were good. So you can't be a fraud if everyone <laughs> knows that you're not a good team. There is one team though, that everyone in the playoffs or a lot of people are saying frauds. Uh, are frauds that I will actually be betting on. So uh, I might be going against the narrative for, for one of those games this weekend. Well, which one is it? Do tell. Uh -huh. It's the Dolphins. Uh, a lot of people uh -huh. I, I've seen think the Dolphins are frauds because they don't have a great record against winning teams. Um, the only, I think, uh, playoff team or team, yeah, playoff team that they beat this year was the Cowboys. 
but I reject that notion because to me, what a fraud is, is a team with a really good record that doesn't have metrics to back up. Uh, if you look at a lot of their stats, they don't rank high. The Dolphins aren't that. And actually, in a lot of those games against uh, playoff teams that they lost, it's not like they were blown out. Now, they are blown out against the Ravens, but the Chiefs, they lost to by a touchdown. They actually outgained them in that game five uh, yards per play to 4.8 yards per play. The Bills, they just lost by a touchdown, basically a special teams touchdown. Like, they're not losing by a lot uh, in uh, against these playoff teams where, where they're coming on the wrong side of things. So I'm backing them in this spot. I got a bad number on the Dolphins early in the week. I got three and a half. I should have waited this up to four and a half, I believe at most places what i think the dolphins can do and why i think not only do they cover the spread i actually wouldn't be shocked if they win this game is the dolphins can run the ball everyone talks about how good the dolphins pass attack is and for good reason not enough people talk about how the dolphins lead the nfl in yards per carry at 5.1 fifth in rush epa fifth in rush success rate and what are what is the chiefs defense their one weak point is their run defense. Chiefs 24th in opponent yards per carry, 28th in opponent rush EPA, 17th in opponent rush success rate. The bad teams have beat the Chiefs this this season, uh, like the Broncos, like the Raiders, are teams that have been able to run the ball against them. So I think if the Dolphins stick to the run game now, they kind of had that issue in Germany where where they got off to uh, a bad start and then they had to play from behind and they had to kind of abandon the run game a little bit. Uh, but even that game, I'm pretty sure they averaged over five yards per carry against them. If they can just kind of control the game, run the football, uh, I think it's going to be a close one against the Chiefs. Um, I'm trying not to overthink the injuries and the weather, which I know are two of the biggest reasons why people are betting against the Dolphins. Uh, I'm going to, you know, take a look at this, and I think styles make fights, and I think the Dolphins do kind of have a stylistic advantage uh, in this one. So I'll, I'll take the points of the Dolphins. Wouldn't be shocked if they win outright. It is interesting when looking at that contest, uh, the line, as you mentioned, is moving in Kansas City's direction. Currently, it's at minus four and a half. BetMGM was at five at one point, but now back to four and a half. So certainly there's a lot of belief that the Chiefs will kind of right the ship, so to speak. But when it comes to two playoff games in particular, that one and then the uh, Steelers-Bills game, we are expecting inclement weather in both. And I'm curious what your process is when it comes to snow and perhaps some gusty wind, how that could impact both games. Yeah, it's going to impact things. I mean, teams might uh, run the ball a little bit more than they would usually, but uh, I kind of reject the notion of placing, of kind of it contributing into what side you're going to bet on because it's already baked into the line. Sportsbooks know what the weather is. Um, it's not like you're just going to bet one side solely because, you know, you're going to pull one over on the sportsbooks because they don't know that it's going to be cold and windy. Uh, so really the only thing I, I would do, and this is actually why, even though the weather is going to be bad, uh, uh, cold in the Dolphins game, uh, teams might run the ball a little bit more in bad weather. Outside of that, I, I don't really take it into consideration. Uh, that might be a hot take. It might be a bad take. But in my opinion, most of the time, weather's baked in the line, so why overthink it? What is your favorite cider total of the weekend uh, outside of Miami? Uh, yeah, Miami would be my number one. Uh, the other team that I'm looking at is a team that I'm betting on just to win outright as an underdog, and that's the Rams. I think that's kind of a popular underdog pick this weekend. Uh, so it's not exactly a hot take, but I think this is a stylistic nightmare for the Lions. They have the worst defense amongst all the playoff teams. Uh, their secondary specifically has been horrific this season. 30th in opponent yards per pass attempt, 25th in opponent dropback EPA. Now they take on uh, arguably the hottest team in the NFL, the Rams. 7-1 and one in their last eight games. The only game they lost was to the Ravens in overtime. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here, but I think uh, – 
as great of a time this is for the Lions to finally win the NFC uh, North, to finally host a playoff game for the first time, I think, since 93, uh, this is a nightmare matchup for them. Their old quarterback coming to town who's been quarterbacking the hottest team in the NFL. Stylistic advantage goes to the Rams when you look at their pass attack against the Lions secondary. Uh, and just how Lions would it be? As a guy who, who, who cheers for uh, teams that just lose in the most heartbreaking fashion possible, I know that the Lions are going to lose this game because it's their old quarterback coming to town. They finally host a playoff game, and now their old quarterback that they uh, traded away is going to come back and beat them. That's just, It's going to happen to the Lions. I, I uh, empathize with Lions fans because I you know, relate to them in a lot of ways. There's no way they win this game. Matt Stafford's going to beat the Lions in Detroit. It's going to break <laughs> the hearts of Lions fans everywhere. Well, then I guess you could use that same type of narrative for the Cowboys who are on your fraudulent list. But you said they're not frauds anymore. I would love to see the Cowboys lose and Mike McCarthy fired. Where It yeah. seems like you've come far on the Cowboys if you said they're not frauds anymore. So what do you expect in this one, this line? Now it's seven and a half. Yeah, I think the line said exactly right. Seven and a half is where I would set the line for this game as well. Yeah, I, I was I was anti-Cowboys in the first like four or five weeks of the season. I thought they played a lot better as the season went on. Uh, their defense does kind of give me some concerns because they rank high in things like EPA, but low in like success rate, like 22nd success rate, which tells me on a play-to-play -play basis, they're kind of like a below average team, but then they make these big plays, these defensive touchdowns, these sacks, these... Uh, takeaways that kind of make up for kind of the play-to-play -play defense, if that makes any sense. So what I'm going to do in this game, especially because I think the spread is set at the right total, is take the over, uh, especially because the Packers, their offense and defense has, have trended in opposite direction. Their offense actually finished uh, fifth in the NFL by the end of the year in the EPA per play. Like their offense became elite in the second half of the season, funny enough, uh, whereas their defense has trended in the complete opposite direction. Their defense became a bottom five defense uh, in the second half of the season. So uh, it is a high total. I think 50 and a half right now. Um, but I think uh, the over is the right play. I, I, I don't think there's much of an edge on the spread. If I had to go one way, I think I would go. I think I'd take the seven and a half of the Packers, but I certainly wouldn't feel comfortable with it. So I think this is one we can just kind of take the over, sit back and root for some points. He's Ian McMillan, senior editor at Bet Cited here on BetQL Daily. A uh, little bit of line movement here between uh, the Eagles and Buccaneers. Right now, Philadelphia is a three-point favorite, moving from two and a half with a total of 43 and a half. My question is this, which offense is more broken right now, the Eagles or the Bucks? I would say the Eagles would be the most broken. But this is, why, this is why handicapping this game is so hard for me because – I'm a numbers guy, and at the end of the day, the Eagles have the better metrics, the better analytics, but like, I can't just completely ignore this implosion that's happened in the past like five, six weeks for the Eagles. One that I call. The Eagles were number one on my fraud. I called them frauds before anyone else, but then I actually kind of didn't predict they are going to be this big of frauds. <laughs> I even bet on them last week, so they've even surprised me for how bad they've been. And like this mm -hmm. big of an implosion, you have to think it plays some factor in the locker room like these guys can't be confident hitting the player playoffs these are things you can't measure that I, I try not to use things i can't measure in my handicapping process but i just can't ignore that with the eagles but at the end of the day they're the more talented team they are the better team they should beat the buccaneers uh which makes it a, a very tough game to handicap now the buccaneers offense looked terrible against the panthers but overall they've been able to throw the ball pretty well this year and that is kind of the weakness of the eagles secondary is you know they've let everyone throw the ball against them so uh relatively low total another one where i just 
don't know what's going to happen on either side because like I said, metrics kind of back the Eagles, but kind of those intangibles kind of back the Buccaneers. I'm going to take the over just because the defense is the weak side of both teams, especially the Eagles. Their defense is like a bottom three defense. Uh, they actually ended the year 29th in opponent EPA. Only the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Commanders had a worse defense in terms of EPA by the end of the season. So a relatively low total. I'll, I'll take the over, but it's kind of a game I don't care about the most in the wildcard weekend, but also the one I'm most interested in because I just don't know what to expect from the Eagles. You'll care and you'll bet on Monday. When we get there, and it's the only uh, only playoff game of the day. You know, the one I, I, that is a little challenging. Um, what I also find challenging, the first one, uh, Saturday afternoon, mm. Cleveland and Houston. It's like, what, do, what are you going to buy into? Are you buying into this Browns defense being bad on the road? Are you mm. buying into the rookie quarterback, quarterback uh, head coach combo? Historically have had a lot of issues in the playoffs going against experienced teams. Are you buying that? Like, there's a lot of interesting angles. And – we just saw this game, but Stroud didn't play, and the number isn't much different than what it was then. What are you doing with Cleveland, Houston? Yeah, great question. I am going to take Houston, and the narrative there, uh, you listed the one that I'm backing, and that's that's how bad Cleveland has been on the road. Um, I just can't ignore these home and away splits because even when they did beat the uh, Texans in Houston, it wasn't because of their defense, because their offense had a great game. So, like, it's not like I can buy in against – uh, this defense when they didn't play great against a backup quarterback for Houston. So uh, I'll, I'll take the points with the Texans. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. net yards per play, my favorite stat to look at. It's where I start my handicapping process. It's yards uh, gained per play on offensive track, yards given up per play on defense. The Browns go from plus 1.1 when playing at home to minus 0.7 on the road. That's the worst road away difference in the NFL in terms of net yards per play. Their defense goes from giving up just 3.7 yards per play at home to 5.5 yards per play on the road. That uh, opponent yards per play on the road stat is bottom 10 in the NFL. So I don't know what happens to their defense when they play on the road, but after a full season uh, of a sample size here, we're not like this isn't week seven or week eight where we can point to a small sample size. We have a full season of a sample size. We know how much worse uh, they are on the road. And also one other stat that I'll give about the Browns defense. Um, and this is just overall, this is home and away. They have the worst red zone defense in the NFL. Teams are scoring on 71.43%, scoring touchdowns on 71.43% of their red zone trips against them. Worst mark in the NFL. So there are some red flags about this Browns team, especially on the road. Uh, CJ Stroud gets to play uh, this uh, this weekend. And I think the the, the the guy's a real deal. I mean, last week, basically, against the Colts was a playoff game. They had to win, uh, and he looked pretty damn good in that game. So uh, I'm willing to back him again in this spot. I'll take the points. I'm not brave enough to uh, take them out right here. I think it's going to be probably a close game. But I just can't ignore those road and away splits. 